Welcome back to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Skokie, Illinois. PVH, Skokie. how's it going, my friend? <laughs> Well, you know, in some murder case scenes down the, the rough streets of Skokie, there's video evidence to back it up. But, uh, hey, man, that's what happens when you're back in the big city. So happy to be here, man. We're, here we are. Here we are 10 weeks later. So let's go. Just before we jumped on, Paige was a, a witness to a very interesting traffic stop between a cop and a motorist in Skokie, Illinois. Anyway, uh, we are also joined by fellow contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland CP. What's the word from the 216, my friend? Cocktails and dreams, baby. Cocktails and dreams. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, I'm ready, baby. I'm excited to get this pod going, baby. It's the biggest week of the year. All right. Woo! All right, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. We are here to preview number two and undefeated Ohio State at number three, undefeated Michigan, this coming Saturday in the big house. For the third straight year, this is a veritable winner-take-all contest for the Big Ten East crown, a berth in next Saturday's Big Ten championship game with Iowa, and very likely, though not guaranteed, you still have to beat Iowa, a berth in the college football playoff. The game is a noon Eastern kick on Fox. The line is Michigan minus three. This is the first time the Buckeyes have been an underdog in this game since 2018. The over-under is 46 and a half. The weather forecast is calling for mostly cloudy with temps in the high 30s. Only a 4% chance of precipitation. Wind is not expected to be a factor. The Wolverines are the only Big Ten school that owns a winning record over the Buckeyes. Michigan leads the all-time series 60-51 to with six ties, and that includes decisive victories over the Buckeyes both last year in Columbus and the last time these teams played in Ann Arbor back in 2021. However, the results of those two Michigan wins have come under major scrutiny in light of, you know, the recent sign-stealing scandal that currently hangs over the Michigan program. We also know that Jim Harbaugh will not be on the sidelines for this game. He's serving a three-game suspension levied by the Big Ten for the impermissible advanced scouting and science dealing that occurred over the last two-plus season under his watch. So, guys, before we get started, any initial thoughts on this game? I, I actually have a question. Yeah. What do you think – how many points do you think it's worth that Harbaugh's not on the sideline? got to be something. I would think I so. I think so. I mean, it, uh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, when they say what they say, three points on the home. If, if it's a if it's a three point line, then it, on a neutral field, it's it would be a pick 'em. So I, I don't know if Vegas thinks Vegas thinks so. I personally agree with you. Well, maybe, I think it is maybe worth it something. Could it be a fi- maybe it would be a five point game. I mean, yeah. so you're saying, yeah, which actually is not what you said before. Like it's got to matter that he's not on the sideline. Oh right? I, no, I, mean, I agree with that. Yeah, no, I agree yeah, with I you. I'm agreeing with half, you. So maybe they're doing the half point. Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you, PVH. I absolutely think oh. it, it, in a game of these stakes, it, it absolutely matters if you don't have your head coach on the sidelines. Is that is that how you feel? Yeah, no, and I I, I just think it's one less person, right? You know that. Uh, and, and by the way, so the the guy that's the head coach was what the offensive coordinator? Yeah, Sharon Moore. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. There's and and not that you know, I, coach. right? And you know the head coach. You know he's not the offensive play caller, so it's not like I mean I think it would be much more of a big deal if it were Ryan Day. But I I do think I've come around to your perspective that that's actually a variable in the game that's actually pretty critical. Yeah. Um, 
and you know, I, I think it's you, you got to account for it at, at, at some level. I, um, I agree with the, you. The other thing I would say is that I, I find it very funny. Like, there's this narrative out there that this is a must win for Ryan Day. Like, if you can't beat Michigan, you know, now, then is Ryan Day on the hot seat? And I just think that is absolutely just a lazy oh, take shit. on the whole yeah, yeah. It's a lazy take on the whole thing. Like, this is absolutely a must win for Michigan, in my opinion, because I think we're just scratching the surface of the scandal, but we're not going to even waste any time on that today. The amount of players that they're going to lose. Yeah. And if this is it like 40 like, seniors this, this or something? This is a must. Yeah. Yeah. This is a must win for them. I don't think I, you know, I, I just think it, it in some like reverse way, it, it, it makes us it, looser, right? They're the yeah. ones that have to go out and prove that we didn't win those other two games because we were cheating our asses off two years ago. And, but that's not the narrative that's out there. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's some you know, you know, the guys. Denzel Burke gave that interview. I, I just kind of feel like we're a little bit looser than they are, and I think the pressure is squarely on them because they cheated the last two years. And if they lose this game, then everybody's gonna assume that's why you won those two uh, previous years. Harbaugh's probably gone. I don't think yeah. he'll ever coach at Michigan again, and they're gonna lose 50 players. Dude, yeah. this is a must-win for Michigan, not for Ohio State. Our program is in a way better place than they are. Uh, th- there's a strong take. I couldn't have said it better myself. I totally agree with both of you guys. Now, we're going to see what the availability report looks like on Saturday morning. But as of right now, the Buckeyes are expected to be as close to 100% for this game as I think they've been all season. The only major absence is likely to be Lathan Ransom, who's already been ruled out for the regular season. Mike Hall Jr. and Tommy Eichenberg, who did not play against Minnesota, are both expected back against Michigan, so that's good news. So, guys, I want to start by taking our usual look at the opponent's offense and defense and, you know, how we think the Buckeyes match up on both sides of the ball. So let's start with the Michigan offense against the Ohio State defense. Now, Michigan comes into this game ranked 55th nationally in total offense, averaging just under 400 yards per game. They're 28th nationally in offensive yards per play at 6.43. They're 11th in scoring offense, averaging 38 points per game. They're 64th in passing offense, averaging 228 yards per game. And they're 50th nationally in rushing offense, averaging 171 yards per game. And 54th nationally in rushing yards per attempt at 4.48. I'll have a little to say here in a minute about the rushing offense, but... Those numbers are down significantly for the for the Michigan rushing attack. Now, as we know, the Michigan offense is led by junior quarterback J.J. McCarthy, who is currently third in the Big Ten in passing behind Talia Tungavailoa and Kyle McCord. He averages 212 yards per game. Now, he leads the conference in completion percentage, though, at 73.8 percent. Of course, a lot of those uh, a lot of those numbers came against some some pretty awful competition. He's not been nearly as accurate these last couple of games. Senior running back Blake Corum is really the engine that makes this Michigan offense go, or certainly he has been these last two weeks. His numbers are also down a bit this year compared to last. He has 888 yards rushing on 180 carries, averaging 4.9 yards per attempt. However, Corum's 20 rushing touchdowns leads the country. So, um, you know, I think a lot of those are short, you know, in the red zone, kind of short rushing touchdowns. Uh, Michigan's leading receiver is senior Roman Wilson. Now, he only has 37 receptions, but 10 of those have gone for touchdowns, 
Wilson also averages 16 and a half yards per reception. He had to leave the Maryland game after his first catch in the first quarter last week. I'm guessing probably concussion protocol, but I've, I've heard that he'll be back for this game. The other side of the equation there at receiver is Cornelius Johnson, who we, we all painfully remember. He torched the Buckeyes for two long touchdown catches last season. But, you know, he, he only has 29 receptions this season and only one touchdown catch, though he is third in the Big Ten in yards per reception at 16.2. Okay, PBH, I'm going to kick this over to you. Give me a few thoughts on the Ohio State defense against this Michigan offense. <laughs> I'm not falling for it, though, dude. <laughs> Last year, I fell for it. I think you fell for it. We all did. Jim Knowles fell for it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, whatever. We know who they are. We know what they want to do. It's all about, you know, styles on offense. They play a certain way. um, And we want to play a certain way on offense. Um, So, you know, I, you know, you could say, well, just make JJ beat you. Um, well, then maybe he can beat you. And I think maybe maybe one of the key is don't let him beat you running the ball. Yeah. Um, now, isn't he injured? And, I, I, I think he's got an ankle injury or some kind of a lower leg issue. I, yeah, I, you know, dude, I, I, I mean, I think honestly, all like the, you know, the minor stuff is we know what they're going to want to do. And so can we stop it? Right. I mean, they're going to just pound the ball and that's who they are. And I, you know, I think that, you know, I, I didn't think they could do it last year and they did it. So I'm not going to fall for the trap this year. Well, they did it. it yeah. They did the it in the last is, seven minutes of the game. They did it up to well, that point. But, they, but they, they did do it. Yeah. Right. I mean, we did lose the game and yep, I agree that's with true. you. And we weren't opportunistic at taking advantage of the opportunities that we had on offense. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe had we done that, then they would have had to be a little bit more dynamic. Um, but they're probably not going to go away from what they want to do. I tend to um, agree. I think our defense is obviously, I don't think, I know, we all know they're vastly improved. I think this game is about, you know, styles and matchup. And it's just going to be a slog. It's going to be a close game. Um, and, you know, we're just – there's not one thing specifically that I think tips the balance. I just don't think there's, that's what this game's going to be. I think they're both very evenly matched. Obviously there's a lot of talent on both ends of the field. I think maybe if there's one thing, just don't let McCarthy, you know, beat you scrambling out of the pocket when we put them in third and long, I would expect them to be in third and long a fair amount or third and, you know, medium have just one guy, Steel Chambers, whatever the case may be. Sonny Styles. And don't let that guy scramble out of the pocket and get no. the first down. Hopper. Yeah. Well, you said last week that you were concerned about keeping contained, right? Sealing off those cutback well, lanes. Is that still a concern for you in, in this in this matchup? Well, I think, yeah. And, you know, like w- watching that Penn State game against, you know, uh, Michigan, Right. I mean, they, they really didn't do anything until the second half. And then the guy loses contained and then he busted out, you know, or, you know, around the edge. And that's where I thought Sawyer is going to be key. Yeah. But I don't think Knowles is good. I, dude, Knowles is too smart to make the same mistake twice. Right. He made the mistake last year and that's what burned us. I did, not a concern of mine. Right. We're going to play sound defense. If they can drive the field, 
you know, enough times and put enough points up on the board to win the game, then then they deserve to win the game. But they're not going to get those cheapies that they got last year. But I do agree, you know, like I said before, Sawyer and JTT, they got to, you know, just push those guys to the middle. And if they pick up a first down, great. Just don't let them bust around the end for, you know, a long, cheapy touchdown. Yep. Yeah. And I think that also it's incumbent on the linebackers, too, to help with contain and, and make sure that you're reading your keys and you're not overreacting. And have an Eichenberger back. Caught in a wash. Eichenberger. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Eichenberger. Eichenberger I'm yeah. back to Eichenberger. <laughs> yeah. He's huge. What a burger. I mean, that this is the kind of game that guy is was made for, right? So... We're talking like black and white from last year, as far as like defense. I mean, they they, they haven't seen anything like this defense they're going to see on Saturday was nothing like last year. Um, Much you, improved like, from the middle to the end. Like I mean, like Sawyer was like he was still out in fucking La La Land last year, and I and I said this like when we we first started the season. I'm like, you know, Knowles is not a fucking idiot. Everybody needs to back the fuck up. And chill out. The guy is a brilliant defensive mind. He's going to get it together in the off season. And obviously, it's it's you know played out that way. I mentioned this on Sunday's pod. The Michigan run game, at least statistically, is several notches below it was where it was a year ago, guys. In 2022, Michigan finished third nationally in rushing yards per attempt at 5.58. This year, their yards per attempt plummeted to 54th nationally, 4.48 yards per attempt. That's a full yard from last year and and this is you know this this is for the season i'm not just talking about their success running the ball in the last two games blake quorum's per carry average this season is only 4.9 last year it was 5.9 and the drop off for donovan edwards is even more dramatic last season edwards averaged 7.1 yards per attempt this year his average has been cut in half he's only averaging 3.4 yards per carry this season so this is not the same level of rushing attack that ohio state faced last year or in 2021 and I thought this was interesting from Bill Landis' arrivals. He said last year, Blake Quorum averaged 3.35 yards after contact per carry, and he forced 73 missed tackles. This year, he's averaging 2.57 yards after contact, and he's only forced 19 missed tackles, 19 to 73. Donovan Edwards, kind of, been, he's had a similar drop-off. One other note from Landis on the Michigan run, run game. They led the country in open field yards last year. Those are yards gained once you get past 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. They had 1,060 open field yards last season. This year, they're 84th nationally in that statistic with only 408 open field yards. So no matter how you look at it, this Michigan run game is not as dynamic, not as explosive as, as it's been the last couple of years. I teased this last Thursday on, on our pod. There are four players on this defense who either played sparingly, did not log a defensive snap, or who were not on the roster last year. And that's Sonny Styles, Josh Proctor, Davison Igbenosin, and Jordan Hancock. And I want to I'm going to talk a little bit about how these these four players measure up against the run. Sonny Styles rush defense grade, 88.5. He's got a tackling grade of 88 oh, yeah. or 82.4. This is according to PFF. Josh Proctor, rush defense grade of 82.9. Davison Igbenosin, he loves to play the run. Rush defense grade of 85.8, tackling grade of 82.1. Jordan Hancock, he's got a solid 68 against the run. But if you watch him, your eyes will tell you he's a player who's not afraid to stick his nose in there against the run. And of course, we know what he can do in the secondary against the pass. 
guys against an opponent like Michigan, who no doubt, Paige, you've already mentioned this, they're going to force the issue running the ball. They're not going to get frustrated if they don't have early success. These are the type of players I think you need in the secondary behind what I think is an excellent defensive front. I think Ohio State has the personnel to limit the Michigan run game and force the ball into the hands of J.J. McCarthy, who's not throwing a touchdown pass in over a month. McCarthy's struggling with his accuracy, guys, and his decision-making these last two games. He was 12 of 23 for 141 yards and a pick against Maryland last week and is already very well documented, you guys. He only attempted one pass after the six-minute mark of the second quarter against Penn State. I don't think that's something to be celebrated. The, the coaching staff did that's not trust him. Think about. Yeah, the, the coaching staff did not trust him and did not trust their tackles to hold up in pass protection. So I think there's something there the defense can exploit. The other thing is it's hard to evaluate this Michigan team on either side of the ball. Um, and it's really kind of hard to know that what did what Knowles did last year, like the plays that he called his approach on defense, did it actually fail or did it fail because Michigan knew all the fucking plays before the ball was snapped? But anyway, I love this matchup for the Ohio State defense. I think it's just a matter of Knowles being a little better about dialing up his pressures. He's got to be better at disguising them. And and I think he has the corners this year to hold up in one-on-one coverage against those Michigan receivers. I think they're going to be able to do much better in coverage. So, PVH, I'm going to kick this back to you. Any other thoughts about the Ohio State defense against this Michigan offense? Uh, only one. Do you think David Igbenosin is more happy to be playing in this game than against uh, uh, Mississippi State? <laughs> yeah, I would think this is a huge upgrade for him. Oh. This this versus the Egg Bowl you know? on th- Thanksgiving Day. Right? Like, oh, come no. on, guys. Come on. Like, yeah, good move. What decisions are you making? Um, <laughs> I, he's, I, he's not going to go to the Mobile 66 Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say that, that move yeah. worked out for both sides, uh, Ohio State and Yeah, Igbenosin. no, totally. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's a yeah. baller and a gamer and – so happy to have him and like, come on, make those decisions. Uh, whatever, I'm not going to go there. Uh, no, totally. Everything you said, but I would, I, I would just say like, I, I, I feel like this is, you know, groundhog. We had the same conversation last year. Yeah. Um, and That's I think it's hard about to evaluate this team. Well, no, but no, we like, have to, you know, yeah. M- M- McCarthy. I know. I let's know. just, let's just not get fucking over our skis is all mm-hmm. I'm saying. Let's yep. Just, it's going to be a slog. It's going to be one in the trenches, probably. And, you know, I disagree. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, but, you know, I, you know, just because Quorum's only averaging one less yards after contact doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to be able to, like, roll over this team. We're just not. Uh, CP, I want to kick this to you. Any, any other thoughts uh, on the Ohio State defense against the Michigan offense? The only thing I really wanted to say is that I wanted to give some like uh, props to Cody Simon, dude. He's, he's yeah, he played well. Out yes, last couple of weeks he was good last uh, week against Minnesota for yeah. sure. I think he had his yeah, best game. So I, I mean, I, I I think that you know I I think that everybody's like kind of gelling. Everybody's playing with a swag. You know, that's all I got the defense, man. I, I mean, I think we're just like I said, night and day, black and white from from last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm just I'm looking forward to the challenge that the, like the defense has ahead of them. You know, I I, I do have one actually other thing. Yeah. Well, actually, two things. We outside of ransom, which is a blow um, against Michigan, not that much of a you know right because they're not going to be throwing it down the field seventy yards. Um, we're coming into this game as healthy as we have in a long time, like without like losing one of our, you know, superstars, right? Mm-hmm. JSN or um, Mike Hall Jr. 
And Ty, and Ty Leak has been playing his ass off, yeah. right? Ty Leak Williams. He's having an all-Big um, Ten and, season. Yeah. So having Mike Hall Jr., right? Again, just stop what they want to do. That's all. And they're not going to get frustrated, like yeah. you said, Zach. They're, they're just going to keep doing it and doing it and doing yeah. it. Um, and I think having him back could be maybe the X factor. I don't know. All right, fellas. Why don't we uh, flip it around and take a look at the Ohio State offense against the Michigan defense? This is pretty damn good Michigan defense. Uh, and again, it's hard for me to say with 100% certainty now, given what's transpired with this sign-stealing scandal and, of course, their, their pathetically easy schedule. However, my eyes tell me it's a pretty damn good defense. Michigan comes into this number one in total defense, so the stats are there to back it up. They're fourth nationally in defensive yards per play at four. They're number one in scoring defense, allowing only nine points per game. They're second nationally in pass defense. They're ninth nationally against the run. So statistically speaking, they are right there with Ohio State and Penn State in every defensive stat that matters. And we know they have good players on defense for sure. I think the strength of that defense is the interior of the defensive line where Michigan has three really good tackles, Mason Graham, Chris Jenkins, and Kenneth Grant. Those guys are studs. So those are three names to watch out for. Graham is Michigan's second highest graded defender, according to PFF with a grade of 86.6. Jenkins and Grant also have excellent PFF grades of 80.5 and 79.1 respectively. Junior Colson and Michael Barrett are names to watch at linebacker. They are Michigan's two leading tacklers. Barrett is their highest graded defender, according to PFF, with a grade of 90. Finally, cornerback Will Johnson, another name to watch. He's their top cover corner. He'll no doubt be matched up with Marvin Harrison Jr. all afternoon. That should be a great battle. So, Paige, I'm going to kick this back to you. Give me a few thoughts on the Ohio State offense against the Michigan defense. Just do your thing, man. I mean... You know, people are like, well, if Marvin has two touchdowns, like, when, stop with that, right? Yeah. It's going to be a slog. You know, it, Trey, do your thing, right? Ryan, do your thing. Xavier, do your thing. Kay, do your thing. I don't think there's any, like, you know, like this is a high state Michigan. It's the number two team versus the number three team in the country. Um, I, I clearly believe we have a distinct advantage, you know, offensive skill players versus Michigan skill players, but they have a good defense. So, you know, this is, this is not, you know, just, just execute, run your game plan, uh, score points when you need to. I don't think it's going to take a lot of points, you know, to win the game. I would love to see Marvin go off, but you know, obviously they're going to key on him. Abuka, we just have more weapons on offense. This is where we have the distinct advantage. Mm -hmm. 30 degrees and, you know, cloudy. Great as long as it's not windy and snowing, right? That's, yeah. that's a, yeah, that's a big, big advantage for us. So just, you know, play to your strengths, Ohio State, um, you know, and and I think we'll be able to put up enough points to win the game. I don't know what who's going to be the, the, the person that is the difference maker. I don't think, it, you know, I don't think the game is going to be too big for McCord. I love Trey, the way he's playing right now. We got yeah. Marvin, like, I mean, God, you know? So, but just do what you do, Ohio State, and we'll be fine. All right. CP, how about you? Give, give us a few thoughts here on the Ohio State offense against the Michigan defense. You're talking about pain, but go ahead, the double team fucking Marvin, man. Maserati. Go ahead, take, but we got Mbuka, we got Fleming, we got <laughs> Trey. Like, I mean, like, you know uh, Trey coming like uh, the plays with him like in the passing game are just 
fucking electric now, man. And the kid, like the kids, running with a vision. I think, I, you know, the we a couple weeks ago we were kind of concerned a little bit about Hensman. You know, I think he's settled down. He's like fucking got in a little groove in the, the with the offensive line. Hope so. Um, you know, McCord is you know he's fucking striding right now. Day's offensive play calling has been. If you ask me, pretty fucking right on the last like two to three weeks, I dude, know. it's been awesome. Yeah. I, dude, I think it's next level. Uh, yeah. I agree. Yeah, so, they, they made really some modifications in the run game. They're running more gap scheme instead of that zone blocking scheme, which seems to have worked. Yeah. So uh, I'm with you. I, I think the big question here is: Can the interior of the Ohio State offensive line hold up against Mason Graham, Chris Jenkins, and Kenneth Grant? I mean, that's the big concern for me on that side of the ball. You mentioned Carson Hinsman. He has struggled this season. He's going to have to level up big time in this game. But as a unit, the offensive line has improved steadily over the course of the season. I mean, if you looked at their PFF grades back in September, you're like, Ugh. but you look at their PFF grades now of the other four starters, they're all grading out 69 or higher. So I feel like I feel like if the offensive line was going to cost Ohio State a game, and I said this a couple weeks ago, wouldn't we have seen it by now, either on the road at Notre Dame or against that Penn State pass rush? I actually thought the offensive line was pretty damn good against Penn State. Um, and those defenses, Notre Dame and Penn State, are, are they're about on par with Michigan. Penn State is second nationally in total defense. Notre Dame is sixth. I think it's probably a toss-up between Michigan and Penn State in terms of overall talent. Um I don't know that Michigan is going to show anything super exotic uh, to Ohio State, you know, that is exceedingly better than what they've already seen several times this year. Rutgers also has a pretty good defense. And I feel the same about Kyle McCord, and I could could end up eating these words, but I feel like if he was going to completely fail this offense, wouldn't we have seen it by now? He's had a few rough moments. I think we can all acknowledge that. But, uh, you know, he usually turns things around and plays very well in the second half. And now he's heading into this game with his full complement of weapons. I think it's reasonable to expect some mistakes from McCord in this game. Of course, against a really good Michigan defense, Michigan's, they're going to win their share of downs, right? Paige, you've been hinting at this, right? These are two damn good teams with a lot of talent. But over the course of four quarters, I'm with you, CP. I think McCord, he's going to make his share of plays as well. I'm not really worried about him. And last thing I'll say, as part of my tease in last week's pod, Travion Henderson is the last of the five players that I mentioned that were not factors in last year's game against Michigan because he did not play. Now, Michigan fans will tell you Blake Corm wasn't a factor in that game either, and that's fair. But Henderson, with the way he's playing right now at his absolute peak, probably for the first time in his career, it changes the calculus for this offense. I think he unlocks the full potential of this offense. I'm looking for him to get 25 touches on Saturday at least. Watch him in the passing game. That that's where yeah. I think he could be an X factor in this game. PBH, I'm going to kick this back to you. Any other thoughts on the Ohio State offense against the, the Michigan defense? No, this is your last point, right? Like Trey out of the backfield, Xavier Jones, like you know, beat, break some tendencies, and uh, you know, like we sometimes complain about Day's play calling. That's so stupid. Um, there's just a plethora of weapons that we have. Um, you know, there's five guys. Uh, you know. <laughs> that could kill you if you're like if you're michigan if you're doing a michigan pod right now like do we stop harrison well then what about abuka what about trey what about Cade? you know yeah um stover um just utilize the weapons that you have i mean dude we were there at notre dame right like it's not gonna get it's not gonna get bigger than that right like that was the biggest moment this is gonna be marginally bigger i don't think it'll be too big for him he's probably you know 
going to have some, you know, uh, well, of course he will, you know, some bad throws and stuff like that. Just do your thing, Ohio State, on offense, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do think that that road trip to Notre Dame is huge. And by the way, this is going to be Ohio State's sixth road game of the season. They are no strangers to being on the road, and I think that's going to serve them well. The other thing I want to see out of Ryan Day here is I want to see him being intentional about getting creating opportunities for Marvin Harrison Jr. I thought against Notre Dame, and this did not happen against Penn State, uh, against Notre Dame, remember, like, well, oh, well, he's bracketed. There's nothing we can do. He, he's double teamed. We can't get him the ball. Day did not settle for that against Penn State. And I don't think he's going to settle for that against Michigan either. Look for him to get Marvin here, manufacture opportunities for Marvin Harrison Jr. in this game. He, you you got to go down swinging, right? If you're going to lose this game, it, it, it's not going to be because you didn't get Marvin Harrison Jr. enough touches. I, I think Harrison Jr. is going to get double digit uh, targets and they may even try and use him as, you know, in some jet sweeps and around the line of scrimmage. All right, boys, let's fire up the Concernometer, PVH. Give us your Concernometer readout for this game. Come on, man. It, we're not even going to go through. We're all 10. <laughs> we have to be 10. Well, that's, is if that your score? 10, uh, so I've at, I, the first time since we've been doing this in five years, uh, <laughs> Trisha, Trisha Corcoran, and uh, Jen Cuernavaca Bale Reddington like, uh, wins the podcast. Like, people are nervous. Dude, like you're a 10, right? Only because of the stakes. Right. And so um, so if, if if everybody's not a 10, I'd be surprised. OK, so you're a 10 CP. How about you? I'm not going to go a 10, but I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm like eight and a half. Eight and a half. OK. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm, I want to change that to the if you don't mind, if that's OK. with Go you. ahead. Yeah. I want to etch a sketch that I'm going to take that down to a seven and a half. Wow. OK. All right. Um, I've got it at an eight. And uh, look, I understand this is Michigan. They still have a ton of good football players. They're at home. This is absolutely a team that can beat Ohio State. Vegas obviously agrees. Michigan is favored. But under the circumstances, playing on the road against the uh, number three team in the country, this would normally be a 10 for me, as you said, PVH. But I'm, I'm feeling as confident in Ohio State's chances as I possibly could. The mm. Buckeyes are almost, they're, like we said, almost completely healthy. And in addition to the core of great players we've been talking about all season, Marvin Harrison Jr., JT Tuimolo, Denzel Burke, you guys know the names. The light has gone on for players like Jack Sawyer and Jordan Hancock that give this team a depth of playmaking that I don't think we've had since 2019. And, and I mentioned this before, I also like the Buckeyes have already played five road games, including that huge matchup at Notre Dame, you know, prior to this one. So they're no strangers to playing outside the friendly confines of Ohio Stadium. I think that's going to serve them well on Saturday. Okay, let's get to our score predictions. PBH, back to you. The line is Michigan minus three. This is the first time the Buckeyes have been an underdog since 2018 in this game. The over-under is 46 and a half. Again, weather's not really going to be a factor. It's going to be a little cold, high 30s, but you yep. know, no rain, no wind. What's your score prediction for this game? I'm going 24-19. Uh, it's going to go into the fourth quarter. Probably Michigan with the ball to you know try and take the lead. And the defense is going to step up, and we're going to take it by five points. 24-19, Ohio State. I love it. CP, how about you? 31 21, Ohio State. 31 21, Ohio State. I love it. Yeah, hey, you know, Buckeyes are healthy. There are no unwanted distractions. Their head coach, he's going to be on the sidelines on Saturday. Michigan's will not. And, and oh, by the way, Ohio State, 
They're the more talented team in this matchup by a very wide margin. According to the 24-17 talent composite, the Buckeyes are third nationally. Michigan is 14th. Ohio State has 10 five-star players on their roster. Michigan has two. Ohio State has 18 more four-star players than Michigan. Ohio State is 63. Michigan has 45. So let's not forget, you know, <laughs> they have a, a significant talent edge. feels like this Buckeye team, which trails only Alabama and Georgia in talent, has been flying under the radar for the last several weeks. I mean, the, the underdog in this game, which I love, I like Ohio State 27-17. Okay, fellas, why don't we end things there? Thanks so much for making the time tonight. For our listeners, I will be back with you on Sunday morning with my usual game recap. Then you can expect another pod from the three of us next week, likely on Thursday to, we hope, preview Ohio State's matchup in the Big Ten title game against Iowa. Until then, thanks so much for listening. Happy Thanksgiving and go Bucks. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.